Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Workplace Revolution and I'm your host Sile Bolani. Joining me on today's show is Bulembele who is a recruitment and talent management specialist in corporate. Bulle, thank you so much for joining me for today's show. Thank you so much for having me, Sile. So, talk to us through your your background. Where did it all begin? Oh, I've had a very interesting background, Sile. Um, so I studied HR and um, pretty much didn't figure, I mean, pretty much figured that it wasn't my thing. Uh, but I really, really enjoyed one part of it, and that was recruitment. Um, I ended up, you know, having to start early in terms of uh, work. Um, I, you know, I didn't have any money, uh, to continue with my studies and, you know, the obvious thing was to find a job. I was very fortunate, you know, to have found a couple of, you know, mentors along the way, people that I really looked up to who were willing to, you know, take me under their wing. And I've found myself since, you know, within corporate in different um, disciplines or industries, if we may. So I've, you know, worked within banking. I've now currently within auditing, and I've had also previous experience within an audit firm. Mm. And I've done, you know, uh, national and global firms, which has really, really been great exposure, and that has been able to really put me on par in terms of, you know, what's best practice for top talent. Mm, mm. So what is the difference between recruitment and talent management? So recruitment is pretty much, you know, going out there, I would call it being a hunter um, for any firm that or client that you would be assisting. And that would just be you finding the right individual who has the right set of skills and being able to put them into an environment where they'll be able to mm. work and fulfill the tasks uh, and competencies that the job requires. Mm. And the difference with that is that as a talent manager, your responsibility is not only to recruit, but it is also to develop as well as retain the talent um, mm. that you put within the firm. So you almost get a full cycle of an individual mm. when they come in into an environment uh, to when they move on to the next um, career path. Mm, okay. And what are some of the things that recruiters and talent management managers consider or look at when they are in the process of recruiting new people for an organization well so it's a lot of things um i think it really boils down to the the organization that you are with you mm. obviously want to find someone who has or who is of caliber of the caliber to the firm um you want to find someone who has the same sort of values the same sort of ideals that you know they would be able to contribute positively and mm. impactfully so within any firm mm. uh, that they are going to be employed with mm. Mm. So, so it's really a lot more than that uh, i mean and it also is the smallest of things so we don't go out there and look for the perfect person because mm. there is no perfect person. Right. We try we try and find the best person that, you know, can do the job, has the potential and the right attitude, and that the organization can also, you know, mold and build the individual because you want 
to cultivate the individual to potentially be the next partner or mm. be the next director mm. you know so so i think that's the part that i really enjoy just to be able to see someone having a consistent journey within a firm mm. um but i think you know with the millennials uh we're not going to see that mm. uh, the way the industry is moving we're moving rather you know rapidly and fast i think two year, a two year stint within any organization is quite of like a good one um once you hit like five years you you know do a lot of introspection mm. you know maybe you do like the firm and you want to somewhat gradually move into different roles within the firm which right. you know a lot of firms as part of my responsibility as well is to have a succession plan mm. so that's part of the development um and i mean if you're definitely not the right person and you've outgrown uh the organization it would be best for you know the individual to find a firm that aligns to them mm. and i think that's such an important point because so many people will happily say oh i've been working at such and such an organization for 10 years mm. but when you look at what they've actually been doing as in the actual mm. work they may as well have only been there for like two years because yeah. they haven't grown. Their they their exposure hasn't hasn't expanded. You know they haven't had any challenges that have developed their skills. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. So you know you are fortunate when you have a a, um, a talent component within an organization that really cares for the, for its people. Mm. Um, to really put those processes in place to ensure that individuals are consistently learning, they are growing, you know, they are expanding themselves. Mm. Um, and it's not, you know, I, I mean, a lot of organizations have that budget for mm. learning, specifically for learning. And if it's not used, it goes away. Mm. So, so it's, it's all, I would say it's imperative that as an individual, if you haven't been, you know, called out and said, you know, what is it that you want to do? It's your responsibility because this is your career mm. to say, you know, this is my thinking. This is what I want to do. What is available for me? Mm. Um, and your HR uh, uh, business partner should be able to say, right, these are the sort of learnings or trainings that you can potentially go into that, you know, align to um the the level of your education or it levels to where you'd like to go um and sometimes you need a little bit more motivation from your uh, executives or your senior partners or managers if it may be mm. just for you to get into those programs mm. but it's they so it's i want people to know that those sort of tools in any organization, they are there and it's your responsibility to put your hand up and say, you know, this is what I want to do. Mm. Okay. Um, so, I mean, being in HR, which is oftentimes considered a very kind of soft and fluffy role, right? And that's something, <laughs> and that's something I've experienced from a comms background. Everybody thinks we just draw flowers and suns and all yeah. you know and clouds, and that's pretty much all we do. Now, how have you navigated this space as a young black woman and trying to carve out a space for yourself? So when I started out, I thought my responsibility was to identify an individual and get them employed you mm -hmm. know if they meet the requirements in terms of what we're looking for 
you just, you know, give them the offer and your job is done. And I think I, very weirdly is that I started getting people coming to me, asking me, you know, what else can they do next? You know, mm-hmm. which department should they go knocking uh, doors at? So, you know, it made me to think outside the box that there's so much more than just being able to tick the box in terms of my responsibilities Mm. or my job description. But there's so, so many people out there who don't know how to really, you know, work their way around an organization. Mm. And I had to do that for myself. And that meant I had to network with, you know, different people on different levels. Mm-hmm. within an organization mm-hmm. understanding the playing field um you know you need to know that every organization has its own business language mm-hmm. so you may want something but it's in the how you communicate it it is in the who you communicate it to that you know gradually gets you to the next um, move or the next big project that you are looking to get exposed in mm. so you know once i learned those two fundamentals i think i started getting exposed you know to so much more than just being a recruiter you know it was putting projects together mm. it was you know starting to go out on campuses and i would often ask well why am i here you know people just apply and I look at their CV but going on campus is so important for brand awareness Mm. so you need to understand all of that so there were so many um, aspects of recruitment that I had not had an idea that existed Mm. and once I started connecting the dots it just got so much more easier for myself to know what it is that I want to do and know that you know I do have I believe I do have a calling and it's not just being able to identify an individual but it's also to take that individual on a journey to getting to the best version of themselves Mm. um it's me being their biggest advocate it's me being their cheerleader Mm. um you know and i i think i've just done that because i never had that person who would do that for me right you know you're always left to like figure it out yourself yeah exactly go where the wind exactly go where the wind blows so you know I, i i think you know my role um and my speciality has purely been to be there for people um especially for young black girls Mm. um they're the ones that you know do need the help Mm. um they do need someone to say you know how do i get started you know from the smallest thing of you know i don't even know how to put a cv together Mm. i don't even know how to apply for university Mm. um it's you know it's your your career starts way way before the big organization that right. you dream of right so i think you know ha- have being able to put my hand up you know creating the the net my network my network of people has it's just like helped me so much mm. um and just you know also having that can-do attitude i don't believe in no i believe in not now mm. but definitely not a no so that's helped me in my journey in, you know, understanding what it is that I do and being able to do it 
so well mm. um, for every respected organization that I've been with. So every role that I've been in, I've given it a thousand percent. Um, sometimes it meant, you know, the long nights at right. the office and, you know, taking away from my family time. Mm. So, you know, we all pay our dues. I think when, you know, sometimes we say people look at you and they think, oh my God, you've done so well. You know, they look at you up there, but they don't know that years the, ago. Yeah, they know, can't imagine just, the process. Yeah, yeah. You were crawling as well. You were knocking on people's doors. Mm. You know, you never got the response or the offer that you really wanted. Mm. But you just had to get up, mm. dress up and go give it another shot. Absolutely. Now, you mentioned CVs and that's that's something I want to touch on a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so... We obviously come from, you know, this this historical background of, you know, people having six-page CVs that have all sorts of information on it, even how many cats they have and, you know, all of that information. What are the common, what are some of the common mistakes that people make on their CVs and what can people do to actually improve, you know, the, the attractiveness of the CVs uh-huh. that they submit? Oof, trust me, I've gone through a thousand like that's literally over a thousand cvs in my lifetime um and i could easily name you the top three mm. first one having 60 pages of your cv no one really cares yeah <laughs> please do not kill the trees i will tell people right now for free do not kill the trees mm. all right the, the, the longest cv you should have is two pages if you're in if you're a graduate starting up one page is more than sufficient mm. all right secondly ensure that you have your contact details in your cv i've seen people who don't have their cell phone they don't have their email address i'm like how are we supposed oh to get in gosh. contact with you that's a completely missed opportunity mm. right and thirdly having unnecessary information no one wants to know if you have a criminal record your id number uh, your health, your health. Mm. No one really cares at this point. Like uh, no uh, one. Really I'm, I'm a smoker. <laughs> <laughs> I like playing yes. golf. Yes, yes. No one cares. No one cares. <laughs> you know. So, so I urge people to think of their CV as if I have to lure you to getting to know me. What would it take? So you'd put mm. keywords keywords that really would speak to any recruiter and say right if they know that i am looking for uh, a ca i'm just going to call out ca because that's in my profession mm. if i'm looking for a ca i'm going to make sure that the person who i'm looking for has studied the right thing so that is um you know financial accounting mm. i'm not going to definitely you're going to i'm going to miss someone who has studied mathematics right. i'm just going to be like that's not who I'm looking for right now. Mm. So so it's important to have the right keywords. So really, your CV needs to be short and sweet. Your your personal information that needs to be there is literally your full name. And when I say full name, just your name and surname. No, no middle name, no third name. No, just 
simple your name surname mm. uh, your contact number your immediate contact number no one wants to get your mom's number or your sister's number mm. and your your address you know very short and sweet or even a postal code if that makes sense for you and your email address and that's it and then you start talking while you'd have a short synopsis of yourself you know three sentences at the most and then you'd you know highlight your qualifications um please do not put in all your modules because those are the things that you are going to discuss in your interview mm. so 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 try and have the keywords that would say to people i want to get this person inside the room and then we can discuss this further right. so don't feel bad don't feel bad that you feel like your cv looks too short now mm. it should look that way so just like how you would look at your well i think that's a, a, a lot more detailed and um, cv in your linkedin mm. it, it's pretty much reads like you know a, a really good bible you have your your short um synopsis or description about yourself and the roles that you've been in and um, the sort of um outreach programs or volunteering work that you do the societies that you are involved in and the forums because that those are things that show that you are a well-rounded individual mm. so you don't only just study mm. or you don't only just work but we want to see that you know you've started um a, a program for graduates or you've uh, started a forum that has you know pr conversations you mm. know people want to to hear those kind of things that you know you are thinking outside the box you know there's um i would like to call it an entrepreneurial spirit because that mm. shows that you've business savvy you know you've got some sort of acumen um and that's relatable right when mm. you go into an organization because they want to hear about other things that you are doing mm mm Okay, that's actually very interesting and I think that a lot of people will find so much value in that because I think so many people are stuck in doing things the way that they've always been done and are not evolving with the environment and with the various needs of organizations and recruiters, which then brings me to the point around how, um, you know, historically we were, an organization advertises a role um somewhere either in the newspaper or whatever mm. and then classified section and then you know you apply in that way you submit your cv but now you know technology is playing a much bigger role in mm-hmm. terms of pairing or creating opportunities for connection between organizations and people who have the skills that organizations need mm. so how is that starting to influence the way in which uh recruiters are now i guess headhunting because you know you, you started to be exposed to people who are not even applying for roles uh-huh. in your organization uh-huh. so uh, i think probably tisha you would have heard this line before it's who you know mm. have you heard that you know yeah. like, it's who you know mm. um and that you know that somewhat has a role um, that it plays within all the industries, mm. right? Um, yes, way back when, we used to all, you know, I think, I can't even remember what it's called. It was, was it 
top jobs or something jobs i, I know it would be on wednesday like wednesday there's a segment on the newspaper and that's the segment mm. that everybody runs for because you wanted to find out what are the hot jobs currently yeah and gradually we started moving into the internet where you had career junction that's how old i am yeah career, career junction and peanut <laughs> <laughs> those were the places and mm. i think right now people go to a, a search engine which really pulls all the jobs that are out in the market and put them on indeed and you are able to search through so you're not mm. going to different platforms um but you're going to one but to be quite honest i don't think that's personally worked i know a couple of people that i've spoken to and that really hasn't worked it's a great case to look but what people do or if you're smart about it is that what you would do is to look what is available in the market which organization is hiring mm-hmm. and try and find the person who works within that organization mm-hmm. and give them your cv and say would you be so kind to put my cv forward for this role mm-hmm. remember when i said it's who you know right. that's when that it's who you know really counts and with that being said, you know, they, you almost treat that individual as a walking, talking reference mm. for yourself because they are right there inside the building. They are giving the person in hand your CV. So they're almost getting an immediate response versus to you submitting and then you're waiting, you know, weeks on end and you've heard nothing and then technically you think, oh my God, that didn't work out. Mm. I wasn't successful. I never heard back from them. Mm. But also as a recruiter, your responsibility for your organization is is to also find people who are not aggressively looking in mm. the market. That's the last person I want. I don't want a person who's sent their CV to 10 different places. Mm. You know, I, I, I'm definitely not going to hire that person. Um, I would rather go out and find a passive individual, an individual who's minding their own, you know, they are happy, they're not even thinking that they're looking for a job until I offer them something incredible. So I want to offer you an opportunity that's going to change your life. Mm. And you know, when I call you, I'm calling you because I'm, I'm pursuing you um, and enticing you to, you know, see if there's something out there for you. So mm-hmm. those are the individuals that I want. And those are the people who are going to remain interested in a job. And you know that you're going to get some sort of, you know, loyalty from them because, you know, they're not going to just move around until they, you know, someone else figures out that, oh, my God, this is gold mine. I want to find this individual. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so that's how it works. That's how the the recruitment playing field pretty much works now let's talk about social media yeah that do recruiters i mean this is a this is an ongoing debate that happens a lot in the mm-hmm. in the world of twitter mm. <laughs> <laughs> what weight does somebody's social media activity um carry when being considered for roles in an organization you know, um, I think it, it, it would really, I think every single uh, organization has their way around their recruitment, mm. um, which you have to respect. So with the organization, and I'll purely speak with the organizations that I've worked and speaking to my peers within the industries, we pretty much use social media to really assess an individual 
to to a certain length because this is you on a personal level and we want to know what it is that we're going to be dealing with mm. you know mm-hmm. um and and I stand to be corrected but you know this weighs about 20% of you know your resume or you know in terms of how we look at your entire application mm. and it's really how you actively you know portray yourself on the social media platforms so for example we've got I'll name the four best uh well let me call it three best social media platforms where people are consistently are active so linkedin that shows a very different perspective of you it shows a professional picture of yourself you know very it's almost your cv mm. um out in public then secondly the most common one is facebook mm. Now, Facebook will then show your family. It will show your friends, what you do with your leisure time. Um, and really, you know, we start an analyzing. And you know when they say that a picture uh, um, tells a thousand words? Yeah. We start reading through that. We start reading how you respond to individuals. And then, uh, you know, then there's Instagram and Twitter, which I'd like to put together so you know it shows your social life in a sense of you know are you flamboyant because i feel like instagram shows like a very glamorous magazine well um curated lifestyle Mm. and twitter is just verbal diarrhea to be quite honest (laughs) and Mm. and and you have to use it very smartly so different places you know when you are tagged in the wrong image it could reflect on your image mm. terribly and could, you know, impact, you know, it could impact you on that job that you're going for, going for. I mean, if they see that you were throwing up at a club and dancing with everybody. Passed out to, at the end of the night. And, and, Absolutely. And then Monday, they start looking and they're like, actually, we're not going to hire this person because they're going to bring our business to disrepute. So no, thank you. Mm. We'd give it a miss. Um, You could say the wrong thing on Twitter that people can tag an organization that you're currently working for. Mm. And, you know, a future organization will always have that. You know, Mm. once it's out on the Internet, it can impact you going forward because someone will find it and mm. someone will say oh i know so and so because they're connected to another friend right. so you have to own your your social media life like no other you know you should not allow people to tag you on things that have like got nothing to do with you mm. um be very cautious of who you take pictures with you know it's it's such a, a thin line and yet we're still saying to you you need to remain yourself you know, mm. you have to be yourself. So don't try and be something else. But just be, you know, just be, be wary yeah, be, of be aware, what's you know? appropriate I, and what isn't for absolutely. social media platforms. Absolutely. I mean, the simplest example, because um, someone was applying for a bursary. Mm. And, you know, they pleading their student, I don't have money. I need assistance um, with you know, my, my tuition, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, they really stated a, a good argument and a good case. Mm. And as we were about to process their, uh, their application, we had our 
um, our guys who basically do a check. So mm. they do checks on, you know, really in terms of your affordability, can you not? They check your social media. They do a lot of checks, but mm. obviously no one knows this. And the report comes back and they were like, but this person just received a brand new German car. Oh, what do you wow. mean they need money? Mm. Exactly. So their parents just gave them a new German car and yet they were pleading with us that, you know, they they needed funding. Mm. So, and they put it out on social media because, oh my gosh, you know, I just got this car and they were at a dealership. And I mean, it's amazing. I take nothing away from it. But be careful. You know, mm. you can't state one thing and claim one thing and yet something else is happening. So you yeah. need to be fluid. And there's also that the issue of integrity, you know, because Absolutely. now what you're doing is you, you have the means actually but you're mm-hmm. literally trying to take away an opportunity from for, from somebody who genuinely does yeah. not have the means to have the same resources. 100%. 100%. You know, that's exactly what it is. So, so you know, organizations do look at those things. You know, they, we don't take it lightly. Because remember, at the end of the day, we as an organization have to be accountable for every single cent that we put out there. Mm. So, you know, it's money that's accounted for. Mm. It comes from somewhere and it needs to be audited and, you know, looked at. Mm. So we have to, you know, answer for, for all of that. Right. So, so yeah. Yeah, and you also want to know that the person that's going to be joining your firm is a person with a high level of integrity, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, like me, obviously you're a, you're a young black woman, um, and also like me, you've been in financial services. <laughs> you've had your fair share. <laughs> so, as a young black woman. How have you found corporate South Africa? What have, what have some of the challenges been that you've experienced? What are some of the things that have really either surprised you or shocked you or disappointed you about corporate South Africa? I almost want to say, where does one begin? <laughs> Girl. Uh, you know, the unfortunate part is that you know, when you are in the outside looking in, mm. you've got the likes of Sisha and Boucher almost mo- modeling what corporate is like. And it looks so glamorous. You want to be in it. Mm. You know, you, you're just like, oh, my God, I just want one shot. I want to get in. You know, and I, I just want to be like La Bosisi, Laba. Mm. They've got it together. Mm. And when you are in the inside looking on the outside you just like whoa if i only knew these were the kind of choices i would have made and i wish there was one word that could define mm. being a black woman in modern day corporate sa because I'm yet to meet a woman to say that a black woman who would say to me that they've had the best journey you know Mm. yes maybe with a couple of you know slopes you know downward slopes um and uphills but every single woman black woman has had their fair share of like hard hard Mm. dealings within Mm. corporate south africa you know i mean one story gets worse than the other you know if it's not you being given the 
opportunity of you know the next job. It's you being harassed、mm. for being assertive and being able to speak up for yourself. So you're almost never winning. You、yeah. know, you can't be too much of this. You need to be a bit less of that. So you and and you're just like. Don't know who to be because I'm trying to be myself. You tell me I must be myself, and yet when I am, I'm aggressive. I'm angry.、Um, right. I think、I'm、that's not, yeah. That's one of the things that I always struggled with because I realize that when I when I walk into the office, every single person that I interact with that is either a white man or a white woman or a black man has their own version of what a black woman is supposed to be and how they're supposed to act. And so there's these、yeah. three different ideas of who you're supposed to be according to those people. Yeah. And so no matter how much you try to contort yourself, you're never going to be right. Yeah. But you know what's sad for me is to say that why do we have to be bugged? Exactly. Why should we be bugged? Why、exactly. can't I just be myself and get in into this building and knock it out the park in terms of whatever it is that I'm doing, and then leave if I need to leave?、Mm. You know, I don't know for my white count counterparts to go through. Half the battles that、mm. I deal with on an everyday basis,、mm. you know, and sometimes when you go and you think, okay, let me go speak to Mandi, so maybe she'll understand. And then Mandi that turns her head and say, hey, actually, I don't know what you're going through. I don't even want to know, you know. Yeah. And, and, and they're not there with you,、mm. you know. Or, or sometimes they're the ones that are actually saying, well, I'm not going to help you with this.、Yeah. So it's it's so hard. It. It, you know, it would be so easy for for us to give a white man, for example, a day in a life in my skin, in my heels,、mm. and say, right, go in there and do the work.、Mm. You know, if if you are not being treated inappropriately, you know, because you walk in and because they tell you, you also need to look professional and you come out there looking your best. You know, you're confident. Then you get. Men saying things, and you're just like, oh, you know, can、yeah. can you listen to what I'm saying and not look at my chest or、mm. not look at my legs? You、mm. know,、um, so it also goes with respect sometimes.、Mm. You know,、um, sometimes you actually are not seen,、mm. and you furthermore then are not heard.、Mm. You know, so so honestly, you never win, and it's 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 a battle that I think we are gradually getting. You know, right? I think you know we are educating ourselves a lot more. I think there are people or other black female who、mm. are gradually, you know,、um, opening doors.、Mm. Who are you know taking the elevator down、um, and being able to bring other people, though there are very few of them、mm. because. You know, they're also not getting the opportunities. They're stuck on that level that they, you know, feel like, oh my God, if I get to the next level, you know, I'm I'm gonna bring, you know, the next, you know, the next bunch of women with、mm. me. But I think it's something that's possible. That is for for each and every one of us. And I think, you know, the sky is big for all of us,、mm. and there is no need to. You know, backstab each other for、mm. you know that because that does happen. You know, it truly, truly、mm. happens.、Um, but also, we need to be honest with ourselves and say, you know, have I prepared myself for this opportunity?、Um, I read a very interesting article actually. Now we're talking about this、um, from the corporate canvas,、mm. and she was just talking about you know. 
um, she had an interest in applying for a promotion and you know it was two people who are regional managers and they were gunning for the same role which was you know the head of the of the region and you know they understood you know the playing field what it is that they needed to do and somewhat along the way she lost the eye to the prize so you know she went and thought okay let me influence people Mm. to like me uh where her, her her counterpart was you know let me do the work you know yes get a bit of influence here and there but let me focus in ensuring that i meet all the deliverables that i need to meet to get to my goal mm. so you know as much as i can say you know we black women have it hard we also need to be smart about how we go about you know navigating the the corporate ladder because mm. it is possible and i think you know if you identify people who can be amazing coaches can be amazing mentors can be amazing sponsors you can definitely get there but you just need to be focused so it it doesn't help you to be friendly towards everybody it's definitely not going to get you that promotion mm. it's definitely not going to expose you to you know the new technology or the new area or any new projects that are out there mm. so you need to also be you know playing the field not just being making friends with everybody that's mm. all good and well but you have to be a chilling it you know and mm. understanding what it is that you need to do and if you don't have any clarity sit down with someone and say tell me what it is that i need to do to get to that next level mm, mm. Yeah. and how did you i mean obviously you, you your role requires you to be able to advocate for young professionals so you have to be able to defend why you think particular people are deserving of particular roles or opportunities. How did you learn the skills of, you know, being assertive? How, do, you know, what, how, how were you able to, because obviously we come into corporate, a lot of us don't know how to navigate, you know, confrontations or being challenged. Uh, it can seem very scary. And especially because most times it's with people who are more senior than you, more experienced. So you always kind yeah. of feel like you're out of your depth. Yeah. So yeah. how do you then find a way to ensure that when you show up in those rooms and in those meetings for those conversations that you're showing up in all of you? Mm-hmm. So... So, Cisha, to be quite honest, it, 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 it was something that was not easy um, to do. And I think the minute you get the opportunity to be in a position where you start interacting very closely to senior executives, to directors, um, where where it really matters Mm. and how to voice out your opinions. So I had to do a lot of, I wouldn't even call it analysis of a room, but really watching how people, you know, sell their argument or Mm. put out their mark, they, they they argument. Um, Because it, it makes no sense that even if you're doing the right thing and you're projecting it in the wrong way, people are not going to hear you. Mm. So you're going to completely miss the opportunity of doing the right thing. So, you know, obviously I've had my fair share of, you know, 
you know, learning and knowing what I need to do better. Um, but I think what really helped me was being able to understand what my organization at the time really wanted, identifying, you know, for example, the individual that I thought was best and really understanding them. And I don't know how in my mind I know this, but I I know someone's CV, you know, from back to front. You mm. know, it's my job to know the person, know, you know, the finest details about the individual and be able to tell them and say, you know what, this individual is the best individual that we've come across and you will not be sorry. And I think it also has to do a lot with your gut feel mm. because you've done this for a long time. You know when the individual is, you know, the one for the role mm. um, and you know when there's something not right with the individual. And I've learned not to make that mistake of, I really like them. You know, they, they were so nice to me. Mm. Uh and then, you know, three months down the line, you have to fire the person because they're actually not the right person right. for the job, right? So so that's a waste of, you know, money uh, for the organization as well. So you're not being cost-effective. Mm. But I think the hardest conversations that I've had were, were when it, you know, it was a, an internal uh, conversation you know, conversations of, you know, someone going for the next, uh, you know, I could call it a rotation, for example, because I've dealt with grads where, you know, you've got three grads that are gunning for the same role and, you know, the manager would say, oh, I really like this one. You know, this one is amazing, but they don't take into consideration that it's just not about like. Mm. It's more about what the person can bring to the table, more about, you know, how they've performed previously. Mm. They, You know, it's so much more um, that you need to take into consideration. So I'm not saying, you know, no to people, but I often feel that, you know, other individuals deserve other experiences. So mm. yes, everyone does deserve this opportunity, but you need to find the right individual because what you then do, you change uh, the way a manager thinks, you change the way an executive thinks, and you really invest into the organization with the best possible best practice, mm. um, you know, opportunities for both sides of the story. Mm. But, you know, half the time, you know, you are pushed back and you have to call in the facts. You know, I state my case using my facts. Mm. Um, and I take away the emotion. Because mm. at the end of the day, it's got nothing to do with the emotion. Mm. And I can tell you this for free. Not a lot of HR uh, representatives are able to say, to speak up to any, mm. you know, manager or any executive and say, I think you're making a mistake. Absolutely. This is where you should be thinking. Um, you know, they go with a yes. Mm. You know, and that's when my fight has always been that as a person within, within, within this role, your responsibility is to consistently remain neutral. Mm. You, you know, your, your argument should be what's best for everybody right. on both spectrums. Um, and, and you should you sh you should be very neutral. You know, it's not about oh we have to listen to what the senior person is saying, um, because at the end of the day, you know, they don't know where uh, 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 this 
you know, colleague of theirs or this employee of theirs is going to go and mm. they might actually just get the best next job. And then that organization comes in and say, you need to give us business. And they're going to say, well, why should I give you business? Mm. When I was there, you, you know, it's, it's those things. And those are true stories. Mm. Those are true stories. Those are things that actually happened, you, happen, you know? Mm. So, so you want to know that, well, personally, my view is that I want to know that when I go to sleep, I go to sleep with a clear conscience and I know that I've done right, mm. you know, on both sides. Um, and that's why I can speak confidently so. So I'm not going to say that, you know, it's a it's a perfect channel of HR. It's, it's, it's got flaws, but it does work when it works. Mm. But it's got flaws. And like any, you know, in any uh, uh, profession, every profession has its, development phases that Mm. you know they need to work on and i think you know right now we are in an incredible time where we have the opportunity to change so much you know change so much of our processes of how we we should be thinking and you know what sort of skills we should you know be bringing in into any organization and actually be you know providing for people and saying guys you know what i've found these online courses that she can do go out there and do something you know um i think so many careers are going to be born from Mm. this pandemic and it's in each and every one of us to find what those are i mean it's crazy like to say five years ago who knew that influencers could be like a career right (laughs) right no one knows it so you know, as, as, as sad as it is that we are in, you know, this gray area in our lives, I see it as such an incredible time for anything can happen. Um, you know, you can open yourself up to so much. You know, you can think up of a system, of a process for your team, for your organization. And it's not going to take anything away from you to just say, this is what I'm thinking. Mm. Um, the worst that could happen is a no. Mm. But the best thing that could happen is that they may not like it, but another organization may like it, and you may sell it and get the job as well yeah. in this pandemic. Yeah. So, absolutely. Yeah. So now we live in a, and this is not just in South Africa. We, you know, this is a a global thing, especially if you look at it in the context of countries like the U.S. even or mm. or the U.K. There's a lot of issues around racism, right, and and race based mm-hmm. discrimination in the workplace um and so from a from a talent management perspective there's as a result of that there's a there's obviously black professionals who miss out on a lot of opportunities for development and for growth um purely on the basis of them being black and them being discriminated against because obviously your your line manager plays a very crucial role in ensuring that you do have access to resources that enable you to develop and to grow and to you know um Uh keep kind of climbing up that corporate ladder so how how can people manage that situation if if somebody you know is working under a line manager who is oppressive or is abusive or you know it's a toxic environment and they're not giving them opportunities or they are you know downplaying their contribution um how do people still access the resources that are available under the organization's talent management programs sure you know the sad part for me is that i've experienced this 
Mm. Um, and oh, and I'm not the only one. Um, I've I've missed out on so much. You know, it, it's so weird because imagine being told that you know these are your areas of development, or this is what you need to work on. And when a big course comes up. They say no. We should actually give it to someone else. You know, mm. you, you know, you cannot partake in this course. And you look at it and you're like, but you saying that I need to work on these things, and this course is offering every single dynamic of what I should be looking at and mm. working on mm. to be, you know, um, be of. Of, of best projects, if I can call it that way, within the firm. So for you to utilize me to my full capacity, I need this. Mm. Um, so it is, it is a reality. Um, it, it happens to so many people on a day-to-day basis. And I think not only that, but I think people, especially if, if you don't have a great leader, if you have a what I call a manager, right? They could either find you as a threat um, because they see your potential. They see your, you know, how much I don't know how 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 powerful you could be if given the opportunity. So I always say it takes a great leader mm. to see that in you and wanting to bring out the best out of you. Mm. Um, and not be intimidated, mm. but see how amazing, you know, you can be at your next best version of yourself. Mm. Um, unfortunately, I, you know, I, I lost that fight and I made one critical decision for myself. And I told myself that this is my career and I'm going to drive it how I see fit. Mm. So you may not see that in me or, you know, whatever, you know, issues that you are dealing with, because it's got nothing to do with me. Mm. What you're projecting has got nothing to do with me. Um, I will be able to find it elsewhere and I will use what I know and what I have to, you know, and when I say I will use, that means that my network of, of people, of, of people within the organization that I've built, I will use that skill and be able to reach out to different people. Because just because you said no to me does not mean that the next person is going to say no to me. Mm. Or they may say no. Or they may say not right now. But mm. get, trust me, there will be someone who will give you that opportunity. Mm. And if not in the organization, another organization will. Mm. But what is critical is for you to drive your career and consistently be about it and consistently have your eye on the prize. Don't be derived about anything or, mm. or, or get your emotions so caught up in the situation. Mm. You know, deal with it. Cry if you need to cry. Um, but just get up because... Mm you know, there's so much more that you need to be doing. And while you're crying out there, people are going to be carrying on. Life goes on. You know, time is going. Mm, mm. So you you need to start tapping into your own resilience, into your own magic, because mm. there's so much more to you than the current situation. Absolutely. Um, and I think, 
we need more individuals who will be able to speak up for people mm-hmm. um you you know especially within my profession you know you need more individuals who will create those succession plans you know create those those channels of being able to identify people i mean i i'm just now on the top of my head imagining if you have access to kpis and scoring for every division or specifically the division that you oversee mm. and you are able to say right who are the high performing people all right where where are they going to next you know if you really are performing you cannot be performing extremely you know uh, extremely shooting the light bulb and you're mm. still in the same job mm. surely you know if I'm an HR partner I should say right where else can we put this individual what mm. other roles can we identify because I'm trying to you know find new development uh, opportunities for you that will build you up because you are growing those you know surroundings either that you're going to get upset or you know you you're waiting for your manager to quit their job so you can get their job mm. and it could take you 10 years so that's not a way of thinking about it or you know we can find you something else within an organization and that's as retaining you you know that's mm. as still cultivate uh, cultivating you as an individual and it's also tapping into a passion that you may never know that you had mm. you know i know so many people who come in they start off as a receptionist and they you know they they shoot the light out in that role then they go and become an administrator you know and then they go and become a coordinator you know those specific areas that you move in remember there's something that you always take with you yeah there's something that you're taking with you there's a certain skill that you are bringing you know that's you adding to that goodie bag of mm. of your CV right by the time you get to be a project manager you are able to you know be able to mentor the next young administrator and say right guys this is what you need to do this is how the work is done and you know the areas where they're not doing the mm-hmm. right job mm-hmm. and you say uh uh-uh, uh this is where you made your mistake but it's because you've started you know from the ground building up mm-hmm. um so it's critical and crucial for for you know my profession to not just accept you know the the things that they are getting but to also think outside the box and say okay you know what else can we do you know let's change the systems up you know now we mm-hmm. all at home you know how are we going to work you know in such a way where it's going to make different you know areas agile it's going to make us you know more innovative mm. you need to start thinking differently um you know and, and and that's the current position where i am i'm spending a lot of time you know thinking differently um trying to understand what you know the global spectrum is looking like because now it's almost we at the same playing field so mm. there's no one who is one up against another person they may have you know have all the processes in place they have all the systems that they need but you know you are now able to say right where are the best practices mm. and let's do that so i i hope that they say you know within my profession people would be able to speak up and be able to give and identify individuals the opportunities 
to not only just better than themselves, mm. but also be able to contribute into the organization. And you know, an organization when they have people who are looked after, the money is not even a factor. People just want to be there because they know that, you know, they are, you know, they're looked after. I want to be in a place where I know I'm looked after. Right. My needs are met, you know. Mm. Um, the money just is becomes secondary, you know, because you're learning, you're growing, you're given the opportunities. Um, you know, imagine being in an organization where they find training for you that's in Austria that, you know, is going to mm. propel you into, you know, something amazing. And you're able to bring that skill back into the country. Mm. That's mm. how I look at it. You know, that's my selling mm. whenever I sit down with individuals. And I say, if you find the right person, don't give the opportunity to the person because you like them because they make you coffee. Mm. No. Find the person who is driven who you know who's goal orientated who is about you know um saving your costs in your projects who mm. is consistently you know bringing innovative ideas and is impactful in your area give them the opportunity you know and mm. don't be selfish like not everyone is meant to be like a director or a partner yeah, absolutely. it's not for everybody you know um yeah and that's just how i purely see it and i you know, I'm probably, sometimes I'm very naive, but, you know, shoot me. Uh, I think people do deserve a shot mm. if, you know, they, they meet all the requirements. Absolutely. It's, it's so, <laughs> it's so refreshing to have this conversation with someone, you, who is so passionate about this work. You can hear it in your voice and, you know, just the way that you speak about what you do and, you know, to, to, to hear the care with which you execute your work is truly an amazing thing to hear. And it gives me so much hope about the HR profession and the, you know, the, the prospects of its future and how it's continuing to evolve. So, Butle, thank you. Thank you so much for having this conversation with me today. And I know that so many people are going to get so much value out of it because a lot of the things that you mentioned are things that many people don't really think about. Yeah. You know, we kind yeah. of just get on with the business of doing things, but we don't actually, we're not strategic about how we approach our careers. So thank you for highlighting all of those things. Oh, it's only a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I love what you're doing. You know, I think I feel like I always say this too, because I'm like, I'm loving this because <laughs> you are that voice. You are that voice that, you know, when we get to speak up and you're not afraid and you articulate it so well and it's such a calm way that I'm just like, yes, this is what I need because sometimes when I want to speak, I start like quivering. I don't know if you've gotten that before. Like I'm so emotional because you know I really want it. And you just embody that like, this is my fact. These are my facts and, you know, I'm calm about it. So I love that. So thank you so much, Dike, and to many, many, many more of these conversations for you and all the ladies out there. Thank you so much. And thank Perfect. you for joining us for another episode of the Workplace Revolution with me, Sile Polani. I'll see you again next time.